Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Come on, son. Son, son, Okay, let's go. Um, welcome to Come On Son, the podcast. My name is Ed Lover. As always, this podcast is being overseen by the one and only late Combat Jack. Um, a lot of stuff on my mind today on this podcast, so I want y'all to bear with me. Um, first and foremost, I want to thank Cigars International for their continued support. We have suspended our... Um, relationship until January of 2019, but for my man Fire Marshal West out there, y'all can follow him on the gram at Fire Marshal West. For Fire Marshal West and the whole team over at Cigars International for this past year or so, I want to thank you for your support of Come On Son, the podcast. It's not been easy because we don't make any money off of this podcast. Um, big shout out to A. King and everybody at Loudspeakers Network for sticking with me and allowing me the platform especially my producer, Krista Hayes, who works tirelessly to make sure that this podcast goes out every Monday and we don't get paid for it. Like, we really, Jan, I don't know, we haven't made a lot of money. I know that. I mean, it's just a work of labor at this point because we haven't made any money, real money, off of this podcast at all. I think maybe one check came in since we've been doing this podcast. So I want to thank Krista from the bottom of my heart because she works tirelessly all the time. Even when we get up bright and early here in Chicago to do a morning show, and she gets there like extra early, like 4.30 in the morning. And when I give her this podcast, it will be on the platform tonight. So she doesn't have a problem going out and doing things like that. And um, I just wanted to say thank you to Krista from the bottom of my heart for putting the podcast together, making sure it's straight and making sure it gets up on the network every Monday. And thanks for staying on my ass because sometimes um, – I'll slack off, y'all. I ain't going to lie. I get distracted. I get tired. Um, sometimes I don't know what to talk about, um, you know, when it comes to podcasting. And she always there to throw an idea out. She's always there to uh, make sure that she hit me in the back with the, with the electric cattle prod. And be like, Ed, what you going to do for a podcast? Ed, you need to do a podcast. Ed, you never know who you're touching with your podcast. And even sometimes when I get down and I don't want to get through the podcast, I'll get it hit on a DM. Y'all can follow me um, at Mr. Ed Lover, you know, 
uh, or at love at Ed Lover on um, social media. Actually, right now, while I'm doing this podcast, I'm live on uh, on Instagram. I'm on Instagram live right now. Y'all can follow me at Ed Lover on Instagram, Mister Ed Lover on um, Twitter, and Ed Lover presents. Come on, son, on Facebook. That's Miss. That's Ed Lover presents. Come on, son. On Facebook, so many things going on, man. I don't even know where to start. I got some bad news this morning. Um, when I got to work, I was going through social media during the downtime. Now, let me explain a little bit about what I mean downtime when it comes to doing morning radio. There are times on morning radio when I'm not talking. There are times when we're playing music, and when you work in radio four hours a day, five days a week, that's about twenty hours of hearing the same music over and over and over and over and over and over until the playlist switches, and then. You get new music and you get all happy again until you hear that music so much that you can't stand it. So there's downtime in radio. There's time when I'm writing. Um, I do a feature called Three Random Facts. Every day I have to find a joke in the facts that my assistant producer, um, Angie, Angie Marie, Angie Marie gives me the three random facts. I got to find a joke in there. Sometimes I don't like her facts. Sometimes I'll find the facts myself. We have other things to do. I got to look up lyrics for who said that. That's another thing that we do on the show. Sometimes I got to do research. So I'm always on the computer or always doing something. But during the downtime, sometimes I'm just sitting there and I'm scrolling through Instagram or social media or go to Twitter to uh, find out what's going on, any breaking news. So I was on my uh, Instagram today and I found out that um, a rapper by the name of Young Greatness who had a record out called Moolah back in 2015 was killed. And by the time I got home from work, which is around 9.30, 10 o'clock, mostly 9.30, 9, 9.30, um, I found out, I saw it on social media, everybody started reposting that uh, Young Greatness had died and Meek Mill went on and he was talking about how we need to stop and how we need to do this and how we need to do that. We need to do a lot of things. <laughs> we need to do a lot of things as African-Americans, man. We need to we need to scale back on some of the violence that's portrayed in music, especially if you're really not committing violence. Now, one thing I have to understand is this. It is coming from an OG's perspective, y'all, so please bear with me as I go through this talk. I cannot expect a child to have the maturity level that I have as an adult. Sometimes I have to reflect back to when I was 25 years old or 24 years old or 23 years old or even 21. I have a 21-year-old son, and he makes a lot of mistakes. And sometimes I'm extra hard on him because I expect a certain maturity level out of him that I'm not going to get. I'm, I'm an OG. So it took me years and years and years to develop this. Now, I just was watching uh, For My Man on TV One. I really like the show. I think it's well done. And there's a Dr. Jeffrey on there, and he said, clinically and scientifically, a person doesn't start to mature till the age of 25. Medically, clinically, and scientifically, a person does not start to mature until the age of 25. That's deep to me because there's a lot of times that I'm looking at the mistakes that a child is making, and I'm expecting that child to act like an adult. But then on the other hand, I'm saying to myself, if that's 100% true, if a person does not mature clinically, psychologically, medically, and scientifically until the age of 25, then why do we hold children as adults in the court of law? Because they're not mature. 
So if that's a scientific fact, then the law should reflect the scientific fact. Now, I know there's a lot of horrendous, horrendous things that are done by young people. Some 15, 14, different circumstances surrounding some of these crimes, but why do we hold them uh, as an adult? Why do we treat them and try them as an adult? How can you try somebody that's immature as an adult because we go off of emotions and the emotion of what somebody's done, and I'm quite sure if somebody 15 or 16 did something crazy to my mother or my sister or something, I would probably want them tried as an adult too. But I have to remember their maturity level. So a lot of times when I look at hip-hop, I'm asking somebody that's not fully mature to do what I would do as an adult, fully matured male. And sometimes I got to pull myself back from that and go, wow, they'll change. Because when I look back on my life, I've changed from 15 to 18, totally different person. From 18, I would say to 21, totally different person. From 21 to 25, totally different. From 25 to 30, totally different. From, you know, all the way to 40, 45, totally different person. All the way up to 50, totally different human being. And, um... I can't expect somebody 27, 28 years my junior to have the same mentality and have the same grasp on life that I have now because I remember that I didn't have it. So I got to be more patient with them and try to take moments as a teaching moment instead of dragging them down, telling them they not shit, beating them up. Try to use my status as an OG in entertainment and hip-hop to teach. But it just reminded me today when I saw that Young Greatness had been shot and killed that we need to push forth a front not to completely change the artistic nature of hip-hop, but to get our artists to just infuse just a little bit more positivity into their music. Just a little bit. And I know as an artist, as a young artist, you're scared. I understand that. I, I see what's selling. I know you want to catch that wave. I know this is the first time that you're doing this. But be aware of what, be more mindful and aware of what you put out into the atmosphere. Because the music that you put out into the atmosphere has a very profound effect on young, underdeveloped minds. And your mind is sometimes is young and underdeveloped. Now, I read today that Young Greatness was 34 years old. That is way, 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 way too young to be dying. Shot in his hometown of New Orleans in front of a Waffle House. I don't know, man. When Jam Master J died, when they killed Jam Master J in Queens, New York, where we're from, I had no more faith in Queens. I had... You killed a legend, dog. I never, I used to think I was safe when I went home. When I got into Queens, man, if I was around the way, if I was in on the South Side or Hollis or Queens Bridge or wherever I was at, always felt safe. If I was in Left Right where Noreen and them are from, I knew enough people over there, I felt safe. Now, I don't even feel safe going home no more. I'm always looking over my shoulder if I go home and I'm on the Ave and Dudes always say, you keep, and man, Ed, you keep it real. You still come to the Ave and get jeans and shirts and sneakers and stuff like that. I'm always looking over my shoulder because 
not too far from there is where they killed Jam Master Jay. And if they kill that legend, what's going to stop them from killing me? Little to nothing. And I think that there's not a balance in music and we need more balance in the music. And I'm asking any young artist that maybe or middle-aged artist or whatever state you are as an artist, that if you take a listen to this podcast, just put a little, all we need is a jewel, bro. Just a jewel, man. Just a jewel. We don't need you to change your whole style. We don't, I'm not asking you to stop saying what you really feel from your heart. You want to say in your music, but there is some light of positivity in your world somewhere. And if there is just shed a little bit, just a little bit, because as an OG, I can tell you how important those shreds of positivity was for us when we were coming through, because I cannot sit here and say that we didn't have shoot, shoot em ups and shooting and all that kind of shit and street. Talk. We're the ones that invented the shit. The gangster rap, the gangster shit came from us. We're the, we're the, uh, freaking, uh, generation that introduced it. We're the generation of the drug dealer. We're the generation of, you know, who the fuck is this paging me? You know, oh, you got a red beam on your head. Oh, you got a red beam too. Pow, pow, warning, biggie, 10 crack commandments. Uh, you know, street dreams are made of this. 22 twos and, 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 and uh, you know, all, all the shit that, that Ghostface and Ray was talking about, you know, all of that. That shit came from us. We're the, we're the inventors of the drug dealers. I say we were the drug dealers. These are the drug takers, right? But we also had a balance. And it's just going to take one or two artists, brand new. It can't be nobody old because the kids want their own artists. And God bless them for that. You can't blame them. We had our artists. Let them have their artists, whoever their artists may be. But they just need to infuse a modicum of positivity in their music, just a just a tiny bit. Nobody's asking you to not make records like She Got a Donk. I like the record too, right? But Soldier Boy. Nobody's asking you not to make records motorsport. Motorsport. I'm not asking you not to make that record. I'm not asking you not to make any music that you want to make. I'm not asking you, to, you know, not to make too, too, that booty. I'm not asking Cardi B not to make the drip. I'm not Ask, I jumped up when Cardi B made it. Little bitch, yo, you can't fuck with me if you wanted to. These are red bottoms. These are bloody shoes. I'm not asking her not to make that at all. But I'm asking you to put a little bit of pop, just a smidgen of a taste into your music. Because the more that we are able to say, fuck that nigga, fuck that bitch, we're going to continue burying rap artists. And it's more of an alarming rate than it was before. Way more. Like, I think when Biggie and Tupac, now, excuse me if I'm wrong, y'all, and feel free to come correct me here. I think Pac and Biggie was probably the first ones that we knew that just got straight up murdered like that. You know? And Jay and that shit shocked the shit out of us and improved uh, from D12, Eminem's best friend. I mean, th- that stuff shocked shocked us, man. It shocked the shit out of us, and it goes on and 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 on. Soldier Slim, and on 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 and on. And it's it becomes to the point where 
these are young people that's making this music and then they get older and then, you know, they got something to say and then they get older and then they have children and then they want the best for their children and then they start maturing and then they look up and it's 20 years since they've been doing hip hop and they're not 20 no more, they're 40. You know what I mean? It's and it, and it changes and then you start seeing what you did and what you put out there and the kind of music that you put out there and how an immature mind believes everything that comes out of your mouth. I sit in a room with three women every day and mostly all under, yeah, all under, I think all under 35, I believe. And I listen to them. And I listen to them talk, and I correct them when they're wrong, and I shake my head at some of the stuff that comes out of their mouths every day. And it's just because they don't know. And it's not because they don't know because they're ignorant. They don't know because they wasn't born. Um, I was in Atlanta during the, over the weekend, and I uh, flew out there on a Friday, and one of my friends, Cigar Mike, y'all know I'm a cigar guy. I love cigars. Uh, he has this thing called Smoker's Retreat at Strip Call Club Onyx. So when I walked in, this dude that I know from New York was sitting at the bar and he was talking to this young lady and he was trying to convince her that the little Duval record was not an original beat. And when I asked her, how old you are? She was like, I'm 22. And she was in there dancing. She was an exotic dancer, a stripper, for lack of a better term. I had to go into my phone and pull out I'm Curious by Midnight Star and play it for her so she could see. And it's not because she didn't want to know. It's because she wasn't around. So when she hears that beat for the first time, for her, it sounds brand new. But for those of us who have been around long enough, we know that that's, I'm curious, by Midnight Star. She just didn't know. But she loves the beat. She loves what he's saying. And she loves everything about it. And I love the song. And I also love the fact that in that song, if you really listen, I mean, besides all the smile, bitch, smile, bitch, come on, right? Which is positive in its own way. You hear Snoop say, if you're breathing, you're achieving. That's why I like the uh, record by Drake when he goes, you're a real one and your reflection without a follow, without a mention. You got to pipe it up on these niggas. You got to be nice for what to these niggas. That's encouraging to a whole generation of young girls in its own way. You're a real one and your reflection without a follow without a mention. You don't need that. You're good as you are. You don't need the follows. You don't need the mentions. You don't need to claim to be an influencer. You good. We just need a little bit of positivity in the music. We need a little bit. We need somebody to take that forefront that's young. We need a little more positivity because we're losing our kids. They dying. They dying damn near as much as, as what was going on during the crack era. And this shit is crazy. And we just need just a little more, just a tad bit, just a smidgen of young artists to come out and just stick a little bit of positivity in the music. And you can do it. You've been doing it. You've done it before. There's other artists out there that are doing it. And you can do it too. Everything don't have to be get high, get fucked up, tow the drug, shoot a nigga, kill a nigga. I don't give a fuck about a nigga because I'm getting this back. Everything that it can, that you can have that too, but just give me a little bit. Just give me a little bit. And I see artists like Meek Miller slowly trying to turn that corner 
while trying to retain what he already was as an artist, he's slowly turning that corner because he was locked up. He was he was fucked up in the game. He was fucked up. If everybody didn't rally around Meek and really push and push and push, they'd have sat Meek ass in that cell for They don't give a fuck how long he'd have sat in that. So he understands how everything could have been snatched away from him, and he's slowly trying to turn that corner. But we just need... All the other young artists, we need the Futures and we need the Juice Worlds and, and we need the Kodak Blacks and we need the Little Yachties and we need the Post Malones and we need A Boogie with the Hoodie and we need all of you dudes. We need the Cardi B's. We need the Nicki Minaj's. We need all of y'all just a little bit. Just say something positive one time in every fucking record so some kid out there that's not mentally mature like me, that's not going to say, oh, I know what that is. That's, I'm going to jump on the couch and I'm in a club and I'm popping a bottle with my friend. I'm going to jump on the couch. I'm going to rock out to that. But that's not going to affect me mentally. And it does affect a lot of young people mentally. This whole world is being affected. You can see what's going on in this world, man. We had so many tragedies. We had a white dude that went into a Kroger. For those who don't know what Kroger is, Kroger is one of the more popular supermarkets in the south southern region of the United States, Kroger and Publix. To him. We had a white dude go into a Kroger and target black people to shoot. And then was confronted outside by a white man and, and said to the white man, whites don't shoot whites. We had a white guy go into a synagogue and shoot and kill 11 people in Pennsylvania. That's fucked up. That is fucked up. One was a 97-year-old Holocaust survivor. Another one was 96 that took just did not go for a few minutes. I think he stopped for some reason or he would have been in there and had put it up on some social media site I never heard of called Gab. I know Twitter flags that shit. So Gab kind of got in trouble because Gab was like where they go to just vent. And he was like, you know, they're doing too much to support, you know, illegal immigrants and, and, and migrants. I'm going in. And once his name came up and they matched his name to his account name, they suspended or erased his whole entire, what all the rest of the stuff that he was saying on his, on his social media platform. That was a straight hate crime aimed at Jewish people. You can't even go to church. What about Dylan Roof that went into the black church and shot all those people? Like we're not even safe in church. Music is a huge influence, whether or not we want to admit it. Some of the shit that we was popping to, if you're over 40 and you listen to the shit now, you see how it had that kind of a negative influence on a lot of our people that we was growing up. We are not, we cannot say not guilty to, to some of the shit that happened or some of the music that we decided to, to put out. Glorifying shit. I'm the biggest motherfucking boss. I'm the biggest drug dealer in the world. I'm the nigga getting that money. I'm da 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 to a to an ad to a young impressionable mind. That shit has a full yeah. That has a that has a big impact. When that chronic came out. When that chronic came out, the amount of more people that start smoking weed, you gonna tell me that's a coincidence? So we have an opioid epidemic among our young people today, and that's not being reflected in the music. Now, I'm not, like, I'm going to say it. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm not telling you not to make the kind of music you want to make. 
But I'm telling you, just instill a little positivity in it because we had balance. And balance is what I think is missing. And you guys out there listening, you can create the balance in the music. You know, for every Bitches Ain't Shit But Hoes and Tricks by Snoop and Dre, we had Who You Calling the Bitch by Queen Latifah. We had Public Enemy. We had Fight the Power. We had X-Clan. We had something to make you feel empowered as a people in the country. We had that. Um, And we need to get that back. And I'm not saying we need to get it to that level. I'm just saying that we need a little more in the music because you are influencing people. We need more chance to rappers out there. We need more chance to rappers that go out and put their money back into their communities and try to help these kids grow. Even though he was like, you know what, no problem, what, no problem with me. Now, a lot of people take that in different ways. But the dude puts his money where his mouth is. Matter of fact, he's so influential in what he's doing right here in Chicago, he forced Kanye West's ass to come back to Chicago because Kanye know that he had abandoned Chicago. But that's a whole nother subject. But we need more cats like that. We need more LeBron Jameses that open up schools. We need, if you get in that bag, we need you to take some of that bag and put it back into your community. Why did I? <laughs> I got my damn, okay. That's the handle on my bag. I just got back in um, from out of town. I left the handle up. Duh. So, we need more than that. And I'm just asking from, from an OG perspective. And I'm asking all of you OGs out there and all you OGX, ladies listening and watching on Instagram live right now, I'm asking you, please allow these kids a chance to mature and please do your best to guide them in the right direction. Because remember that the brain does not really even begin to mature to the age of 25. So they're going to make some mistakes and they're going to, and you made mistakes and I've made plenty of mistakes. Okay. So you got to allow them to grow and you got to allow them to mature. Now for all of you on Instagram live, I'd be a damn fool. If I let you watch me record this entire podcast and not made you wait until I posted the rest of it tonight. Bye. Come on, son, the podcast. Come on, son, son. From visionary filmmaker Spike Lee, the writers Charlie Wachtall, David Rabinowitz, Spike Lee, and Kevin Wilmot comes the incredible true story of an American hero. In the early 1970s, Ron Stallworth, played by John David Washington, becomes the first African-American detective in the Colorado Springs Police Department. Determined to make a difference, he bravely sets out on a dangerous mission, infiltrate and expose the Ku Klux Klan. He recruits a seasoned colleague, Flip Zimmerman, played by Adam Driver, into an undercover investigation. Together, they team up to take down the extremist organization aiming to garner mainstream appeal. Produced by the team behind Academy Award winning Get Out, Black Klansman offers an unflinching true-life examination of race relations in 1970s America. This movie is rated R. Available now on digital, on 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and DVD November 6th from Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. Come on, son, son. Yeah. So I'm back, man. So right now what I want to do is I want to switch gears a little bit. And um, I want to talk to you about something that's equally as important as positivity in music. And I want to talk to you about the upcoming elections. And I'm going to tell you why this right here is one of the most important 
elections that we've ever had. The narrative of what's going on in the United States is clear. The conservative party in America, whether they're conservative Democrats or conservative Republicans, are wanting to go more conservative than I think is necessary. I think there's a space for being a conservative and space for being a liberal. I'm kind of like in the middle. Um, I really don't trust any political party because they're all dirty to me. They're all dirty. Um, Historically, Republicans were really the ones that had African-Americans' backs during slavery. It was really the Democrats that was holding us down. And then they kind of switched narratives. And um, during the Clinton administration, more people have were becoming incarcerated than any other time, and the privatization of the prison system started happening, all under his watch, okay? And um, the three strikes and people getting all of that time for nonviolent drug offenses, all of this stuff that people have worked so hard to turn over, all these people that are still locked up for less weight and crack and people having bricks of powder and wasn't going to jail for the same amount of time, right? We all know right from wrong. Sometimes your situation dictates what you have to do to survive. A lot of other times, you're just greedy and you want some fucking money and you want to ball out and you don't want to go to school and then you get caught and you start bitching and moaning and crying. I don't have any fucking sympathy for you whatsoever. None. Because everybody has a road to walk and whether you go left or whether you go right is up to you. But... If you're a nonviolent drug offender, I don't believe that you should be doing the rest of your life in prison for that. So this election is very important because the people can get a balanced return to our government and not have to. I don't want to hear one party dictate shit. I don't care if it's the Democrats. I don't care if it's the Republicans. I want a balance. I want my government to work for me. I want everyone in there to work for me. I'm tired of, we got the House, we got the Senate, we're going to do things our way, whether it's on the Democratic side or the Republican side. This is a super important election for us to vote in. I'm not going to sit here and give you my opinion on which way I flow with which party I flow, because I don't think it's important. I think what's important is to these are the candidates that you control. These are your congressmen and your senators, you got more control over them than you do the presidency. I'm not voting in any more presidential elections when I don't believe in that funny acting ass electoral college when you find out that a person can overwhelmingly win um, a state as a Republican. And if the electorals decide, the people that are appointed to electoral college decide they want to vote Democratic, they can. Now, it doesn't happen that often. But they can. They have the opportunity to. When you lose the popular vote and then you still become the president, it doesn't happen twice already under my eye. I'm like, what the hell am I voting for this shit for? It really doesn't count. Because the persons that's elected to the electoral college don't have to vote the way the popular vote goes. So what's the point? Why not just let them vote and we all just sit back and watch? But these, these motherfuckers here... Your senator, your congressman, your local officials, you control that. You control that. That's that's under your control. You they don't have control over you. You got control over whether or not they eat, 
You got control over how long they stay in office. You got control over all of that. That's why this is important, because there's checks and balances in the government. Now, I don't feel like giving a lesson on government and how the government works. You should have learned that at least by junior high school, you know, that the president had veto power over any law. Congress and Senate can vote a law and, and the president can veto it. The president cannot pass a standing super law like that without it being voted on by Congress and Senate. He say, we're doing this, and they say, no, we're not. Okay, so those are the checks and balances. And they can say, we're doing this, and he can say, no, we're not. That's not good for the American people. They both had the opportunity to say that. But each and every one of those persons that sit in that seat runs from the state, and you vote for who you want. That's why you see all these attack ads out there. Oh, this person ain't this. This person ain't that. This person messed their money up. This person declared bankruptcy five times. This person was under federal investigation. Oh, this guy pointed a gun at a teenager. He's an asshole. You know, you see everything except them straight up cursing each other out. Some are playing the race card. Some aren't. But that's why, because this is a very, very important election, because this is going to determine the way laws are made and what laws get passed and and which ones don't. So if you kind of not really want to, you know, if you want more gun control, then you got to get a person in there that advocates more gun control because everybody run around, you know, right to what I said about what happened in the synagogue, man, you know, what happened in Sandy Hook in Connecticut and school shootings and all of this crazy shit that's going on. We have a way to control that. And if you don't feel like the person that's supposed to be representing you, representing what you believe in properly, then get rid of them. Vote their ass out. Don't let them sit there and get free health care, dental, and all that for their family while they're trying to take away yours. Don't let them sit there and get a pension for the rest of their life when they're trying to take away your mama's pension and your mother's Medicare and all that, and she worked her behind off. Don't let them, don't let them do that to you. You have the power. You absolutely have the power. My point, or the whole thing, is that there's a lot of different levels to government, and a lot of times we don't pay attention to who's in the position of those different levels, and it makes a difference. Like, I noticed something that I found very similar that um, from Atlanta, Georgia, or Georgia period, to New Jersey. This is very, very interesting to me. Now, you may not find it interesting, but to me it's interesting, and it's my podcast, so I'm going to talk about it. When I lived in New York, New York was governed by one mayor, whether you lived in Brooklyn, whether you lived in Queens, whether you lived in Staten Island, whether you lived in the Bronx, or whether you lived in Manhattan, It was one mayor, one police force, and we had state police. As you went further out to Long Island, it was different. And when you went to New Jersey, it was different. If you were in Newark, New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey has its own mayor. East Orange, New Jersey has its own mayor. West Orange, New Jersey has its own mayor. Orange, New Jersey has its own mayor. South Orange, New Jersey has its own mayor. 
Same thing with Atlanta. Atlanta has a mayor, and then you have the Atlanta police. Now, you go outside of Atlanta into Smyrna, where I dwell at. Smyrna has its own mayor, own city council, own police department, own fire department. And it's like 10 minutes away from Atlanta, but it's not Atlanta. A lot of people that you will talk to that live in Georgia will say they're from the A. They're not from the A. Give you a classic example. I'm not throwing them under the bus. There's nothing wrong with it. But the Migos. People say Migos is from Atlanta. They're not from Atlanta. The city of Atlanta, they're not from the city of Atlanta. I believe they're from Lawrenceville. Lawrenceville has its own mayor, own city council, own police chief or sheriff, own police force, own fire department that is not governed by the mayor, but governed by the governor of Georgia as a whole. So they got to get all all their money and stuff from the state. So that's why it's important that you vote for who the governor of your state is. You even get to vote for who the sheriff is going to be. And their records are public. So if you want to know about the person do they have a, if, does your sheriff allow his department to have an overwhelming amount of complaints and racial bias? You go in there and ask for the records and look it up. The same thing with your representatives from the House of Representatives and the Senate. You can look up their voting record if you want to see how they voted on whether or not Medicare and Social Security needs to be, needs to be cut. You have the right to know this stuff. You don't just have to go by what you see on TV with one person saying about another person. You can actually go and look it up and find that this is public information. Any person that's holding that kind of office, have they been under federal investigation and what for? You can look it up from your mayor. Your mayor holds a lot of water. That's why the mayors always have to go up to the governor's mansion trying to get financing for their for their particular city the mayor's always meeting with the governor the governor is always meeting with the mayors of the major cities and even some of the outlining smaller cities that you may live in that's important that's important to you when you got a stop sign there and your kids are on the school bus and the stop signs people keep running the stop signs a four-way stop sign or they keep having accidents at a left turn at a certain place chicago got something i've never heard of before called an alderman and i'm quite sure Maybe there's a lot of different states out there. That's my first time living in Illinois or living in Chicago. I've never heard of an alderman before. But we had people in New York that were on, like, you know, city council, you know, local local people like that. You know, our state senators were, were pretty much always in our community if it was a state senator from a certain district. They always kind of stayed around. You know what I mean? So you can get that information on anybody that you want to. Like, if you don't feel like your alderman is representing whatever ward he's supposed to be in charge of, of if there hasn't been any economic development of that ward, do you hold that alderman to task and you make sure that when he comes up for re-election, you don't vote his ass in? There's a huge mayoral race going on in Chicago right now. Who's going to be the next mayor? You just don't go by whoever in, got endorsed. Oh, Chance the Rapper just endorsed some young lady. I'm not familiar with the mayor race in Chicago. only been here seven months. So I know it's a big political city. But because Chance endorsed her doesn't mean you have to endorse her. You need to see who she is, what she's all about. Has she held public office before? 
even if she's held private office, you should be able to see what her records were in that private practice. What was she all about? Where is she donating her money? You know, where did she live? Where did she grow up as? Did she understand the same struggles that you understand? But you have to understand, too, there's a lot of other people that live in your state. There's a lot of other people that you pass by on your way to work that you've never seen before. A lot of people that you may walk by in a grocery store that they have their own needs and their own thoughts and their own wants for their family and their own wants and needs for the future of America. That's why they may be voting differently than you are. But it's very much important and very much up to you to find out, to do your homework, and not to blindly walk into the polls. Go to the polls, but don't blindly walk into the polls because you have ample, we all have ample enough time to do our research on the candidate that best suits what you want for the future of America. And if you don't go out there and exercise your God-given right to vote, then you really don't have a leg to stand on when it comes down to complaining because you could have changed things. These are the, we're in the, the vote that makes the difference. That makes the difference. You see how people rally around their own party when they want that power. Cause all it's about is power and money. The end game y'all is the truth. I'm going to tell y'all straight up truth. Politicians don't give a fuck about you unless you make them give a fuck about you. They're about power, prestige, and money and putting themselves in a position to where they're going to get money now and they're going to keep getting money over and over and over and a lot of times a person that you put your trust in will vote for something that he knows he don't want to vote for just to get that other person to vote with him when it's time for him to try to get some stuff on the table it's about power and money that's all it's about that's all it's always been about they don't give a fuck about the regular person man they really, really don't give a fuck. You have to have some kind of a heart to really care about somebody. And a lot of these politicians don't have no heart at all, man. They're just going to rock out for the rest of their lives. They just came up. They held a high office. They did their thing. They're trying to ascend to the highest office in the land, which is the presidency, or be damn near close to so secretary of state, a secretary of treasury, a secretary of something, or ambassador to some important country, so that at the end of the day, they write that book, that shit hits the bestseller list, they go out and they lecture, and they, they tour with lecturing about their time in the White House and the Oval Office and being ambassador and having direct connection to what they call the most powerful seat in the world, which is the presidency, and we soak it up, and we buy it, and we love it, and they make a hundred to 200000 or 75000 or 50000 or whatever it is, an hour. As a lecturer, even twenty-five grand, even ten grand an hour as a lecturer is dope. If you could continue doing that for the next 15, 20 years, you money is long and strong. Because people want to hear about your experiences. And this is general public. This is not a niche thing like me. Ain't nobody gonna pay me ten thousand dollars to come and talk about hip hop. It ain't going to work. But when you're in politics and you've been in there 8 years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, even on the Senate or the congressional level, you're getting paid to go and speak at these big conferences around the fucking globe. Not just the United States, the globe. And then especially if you held a, per, uh, a pertinent position in the White House. Especially then, until you're too old to do it anymore. 
They still pay Jimmy Carter to come out and speak. Look it up. I guarantee you. If he takes it, it's on him. If not, then he just didn't feel like doing the shit. So it's important for you to exercise your rights because you got to let them know that, hey, I'm here. I'm I'm the guy that gets up every day and I go to the office and I'm trying to make a difference and I'm raising my kids one way and these are the things that I think I'm going to need when I'm 65. You can't sit back and go, well, that ain't going to never happen to me and let them take away your Social Security and your Medicaid when you don't spend your money in taxes. They took the tax out to check your whole damn life. And then they fuck your money off and you ain't got nothing to say about it. Then you hear about weird shit like during the, you know, Iraq invasion, the average hammer that they were using, a screwdriver they were using was $1,500, $1,500. And then somebody got that contract and they built in the shit out of the government for a $1,500 fucking screwdriver. A regular fat flathead screwdriver and they paying some company that they got doing business with that's probably sliding the money back under the table you gotta pay attention this is the one y'all this is the one i don't care what party you vote for but the person that's on the lowest levels that are not doing what you need them to do that doesn't have the same ideals that you have that's not trying to push america into a better position where we are living in harmony and there's not this gigantic racial divide going on, those are the people we there in office right now. Not some motherfucker that just want to get in there so they can get paid and they don't care about what's going on with you or whether or not they raise your taxes or, or, or whether or not there's funding for this, that, and the third. Or, or we need to cut back the funding for the public parks and the public zoos and the, and the public arts and the museums and shit like that. Because once it starts hitting the black neighborhood and they get away with it in a Latino neighborhood, then it starts trickling into your middle-class neighborhood. I'm telling you, this is very important. It's time to get them fuck boys out of here, man. I ain't going to bend your ear too long. I've been talking long enough. This is my podcast for the day. My name is Ed Lover. This is Come On, Son. The podcast. Follow me on social media at Ed Lover on Instagram, Mr. Ed Lover on Twitter, Ed Lover Presents Come On Son on Facebook. Love y'all. Keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. Don't forget to vote. All right. Keep God first for real. Everything will fall into place. Until the next time we ride together, slide together, laugh out loud together. Ed Lover, my girl, Baby Bucket, Krista Hayes, Kimana Paul is saying, God bless each and every one of you. A King, what's up? Thank y'all all for tuning us in and never tuning me out. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about your ass next Monday, all right? Remember, I always give you the good shit and never the bullshit. My name is Ed Lover. This is Come On, Sad, the podcast. Now get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Next week, y'all. Rest in peace, Combat Jack. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.